This week on Invasion of the Podcast, we talk about the Cape Crusader. And we talk about the Dark Knight. And Batman. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and... <laughs> Let the good times roll! <laughs> It's the invasion of the podcast. And we're not wearing hot pants. All right, and welcome to the invasion of the podcast. Uh, even hearing that now, I still want to clear my throat. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, wait. <laughs> well, welcome to the Vage of the Podcast, taking over the world one listener at a time. I am Paul, utility belt Stebman, and to my left, as always, is Joe, bat shark repellent Peters. Yes! Uh, you know what? I, I tell you every week, I'm like, don't don't tell me what name you're going to give me. And I was driving to work today because I knew we were doing Batman, and I'm just like, man, I really hope that I'm bat shark repellent because that would just make my day. Really? That's what yeah. Oh, it's, it's as if we're like friends and we do this uh, often. I know. So uh, we got plenty of bat-related stuff to get to. Uh, let's just start with this. News team, assemble! News, as always, is brought to us by Midwest Best Grooming Company, dedicated to bringing you only the finest beard balms and oils, strong enough to tame the roughest of faces, and alluring enough to draw on those who love it. That's Midwest Best Grooming Company at mwbgrooming.co, no, mwbgroomingco.com. And um, Batman doesn't have a beard, but if he did, I'm sure he would use the beard bombs. He would have bat bomb. He bat, would have he, bat, bat bomb. Bat beard he, bomb. He'd have bat beard you, repellent bomb. Bat beard repellent bomb. Yes. It would be in his utility belt. I, I bet you he probably has some Dapper Dan or something in there. Dapper you know. Dan. Yeah, I challenged the Midwest Best Grooming Company to make bat beard bomb. There you go. That would be a very appropriate. Uh, so a uh, ton of Batman stuff, like we said. We're going to sneak one little bit of information in here first. That I mean, you know, it's about like I guess creating heroes and and having adventures. But uh, the MMO Wildstar just went free to play, and I yeah. think that's important. We talk about games uh, quite a bit. You know, we throw it in the mix with everything else. If you guys are looking for a good massive multiplayer online game for the computer, um, check out Wildstar. Uh, it's free now, and um, me and Paul both uh, jumped in to that when it was when it was not free to play to try yeah. it out as, as i previously stated before joe is like the head vampire when it comes to a lot of games for yeah. me he got me hooked on wow and then years later he's like i've been playing this wild star game i'm like i'll check it out and i'm like damn it i'm putting my money buying it <laughs> and then joe quit playing and then i quit playing I and then, I, mine was more of a time constraints game it was a fun game like if oh, it's you, a, it was a fun game you're right i gotta say if you do like wow i don't i don't know how wild star is a year later now it might have changed a little bit but it's like wow in space it's definitely cartoony but it definitely has a fun sci-fi element to it, kind of like how WoW was cartoony for fantasy. I guess. Yeah, the cartoony art style like it, it hooked me because it's like it was its own thing, and it, like the music's really good in it, the voice acting's really good yeah. in it. Um, it is, I'd say, a little harder than WoW in the sense that you have to actively pay attention to what's going on right. around you. It's you've very, got, you've got very environment of, heavy. You know? Yeah, cones of attack. It's not like all auto attack stuff. You got to aim things, and it's not like a first person shooter. But like if. If you're standing there and and something's gonna like bring its fist down on you, if you don't get out the way, it doesn't matter. You're gonna get you're gonna hit if you're in the little shadow. 
yeah. So when I logged in, I, I updated my my uh, client. Logged in, like it's been it's been months. And the first thing that caught me off guard is I went to go log in, and it told me I had to make a last name for my character. So now all characters have first and last names. Oh. So I had a character. It was a Granok. He was a big rock guy named Doctor Obsidian. Yeah. But it was Dr. Obsidian. Now I can actually call him Doctor Obsidian. Oh, cool. But his first name is now Doctor. So it's Doctor. just like. You know, I don't like know. Doctor Who. I guess so, he's right? Like, he's like Doctor Who. Yeah, it's like, what's your first name? Doctor. Doctor. Yeah, that's it. So I thought that was interesting that there's first and last names now. I logged into like a major capital city and then all of a sudden all these different like notifications popped for me as if like I had not played the game in a long time. Oh, yeah. I had no idea what was going on. It took me three minutes to figure out how to log out of the game. That's, that's not a joke. Cause, like, <laughs> I hit escape. And it brought up a menu. And was it like, you can't escape? I, I just was like, do I have to actually control <laughs> lead to get out of Wildstar? Like, no it was escape, just like, Bob. this is what free-to-play means. It's never going to leave my computer down. I'm stuck with it running. It was really, like, I, I mean, I like to think I'm, I could get out of a video game, but it it was a challenge for me to find the exit to get out. But Did you get just, experience for leaving? Maybe, right? <laughs> um, but I'm excited in the sense that, like, there's a lot of changes, right? But even though I don't know how to log out of the game, which I did figure out eventually... Uh, I think I'm going to start a character over from level one again, so that way I can kind of, as they give you information, that I won't feel like I'm getting so claustrophobic with everything. But it was a lot of different, like, you have mail, you could do this, and there's this ability, and there's all this. It was well, all now this. you're just scaring people. Yeah. So, no, I mean, you get to make, like, space rabbit people, right? What, space rabbit people, space yeah. rocks. What do they call them? The space, the, the what do they call those? The, I don't the space know what rabbits. Called. Remember, you had one. I did. I don't remember what it was called. <laughs> my guy was. Like Chulas? My, my, Were they yeah, Chulas? It was like. It was Chulas. Like, it was like a churro, I think. Yeah, it was a it churro. Was, it was seasoned with with cinnamon and sugar. Yeah, you could play. You could play uh, either a cinnamon churro or, or whatever. Anyway, so yeah, check it out. Um, it's free to play. There are microtransactions, but it seems like there's a lot of the core game in tax. So you don't actually have to pay pay to win like some of those games. So anyway, that, that's that's that little bit about video game news. And what uh, else is going on? We into got. News? Um, Related to the Batmans, uh, Zack Snyder, who's directing Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, Extreme, Hyper Mode Fighting, whatever the Championship name. Edition. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I guess there's been some uh, precursor talks to with HBO about doing a Watchmen TV series. Which De- Zack Snyder directed the Watchmen movie. Yeah, which, I mean, that's like 75% of the greatest movie ever. You know? and, and, and Watchmen, if... if Watchmen's a great piece if you haven't read it. Definitely go out. Oh, absolutely. It's yes. actually one of the few graphic novels that I think is on Time's Time Magazine's top 100 novel list. Yeah, and um, it was the, one of the first pieces of like that type of literature to be considered literature, right. actually. Yeah, yeah. that that wasn't like, this is just some pulp comic. You yeah. know? It actually was taken seriously. It's written by Alan Moore, but if you've seen the movie, you're probably definitely familiar with it. But there's a lot of that world that needs to be flushed out, I think, with The Watchmen. Um, the characters are very interesting. Well, okay, so then that's that's my problem with, with this, though, is if you do Watchmen, are you going to do pre-Watchmen. I know DC did all those books recently that yeah. was like before Watchmen. And, and that's, that's okay, I guess. But just from a story standpoint, how are you going to take this in a direction that we don't know where it ends? This is true. And that's my biggest frustration with a lot and, Well, of it's like anything else where it's like you have something that had a definitive end and then you want more of it. So everybody's like, let's just do a prequel. And I'm like, that, that only works to a point because it gives people a taste of what they used to have, but it doesn't give them the full flavor because you're like... I already know what happens. It's it's part well, of the problem with Star Wars prequels. Like didn't you, Night Owl and Silk Spectre survive at the end of uh, uh, all the big story? Uh, yeah, they did. Okay, so I mean, at least you have that. 
Um, and hopefully, I'd, I'd maybe it's ruined. A lot of people don't quite make it the way where, where you think they're going to make it in the movie. Yeah. Um, so it's like at least maybe you could do a post Watchmen world or post. I guess they they were called the. What were they? They weren't called the Watchmen. The Minutemen were in the movie. They're called the Watchmen, weren't they? But yeah. In the book, they're called the Minutemen. So post no, no, that. no, no, no. They were called the Watchmen. And oh, the the okay. Minutemen were before Watchmen because there were two different groups of Watchmen. Oh, wasn't it like it was like the Crime Fighters or where they called themselves or something like that? I think and they were the Minutemen. It's been a while, so that, since I've read it, but I just know that you have the events of what happened. Um, well, go on past that. I maybe, but I mean, I just I don't know if that's something that's well, even interesting. I know Alan Moore came to DC originally with the like. I mean, you can see the influence of the Watchmen uh, from other DC characters because originally he went to DC and he was like, "I want to do this story and I want to use Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and all these people." And DC was like, "No way, <laughs> not with that." Okay, so he had to basically create his own characters, which wasn't a problem. But you can see the influence of like, you know, the Night Owl as Batman, and even Rorschach having uh, Batman-esque um, personalities. And then uh, Miss uh, Doctor Manhattan was clearly like Superman because you had like this godlike, invincible figure. You know, yeah. So, so I just maybe I don't. It, all I know is that um, Zack Snyder, his track record's been hit or miss for me. The very beginning of Watchmen, when it has the whole montage set to the times are changing by Bob Dylan, mm-hmm. is one of the coolest freaking things I've ever seen in a movie. And I think that was lightning in a bottle. I don't know what HBO has. I just don't know. Like maybe I would. I would be really uh, excited to see that. So and maybe. I just uh, give me. I love the Watchmen. I thought I, that was a great book. I think that there's plenty of other good properties out there for exploration to make series out of i mean they could do i could see different ways they could take it they could take it like an arrow type thing too where you know arrow does the flashbacks to the island yeah they could totally do uh, tales of the black freighter with that in the middle of the show you know almost like they did in the comic yeah but i mean is that something that like had Watchmen the movie not existed having a limited series in hbo i thought that would have been phenomenal to do it that way but well as long as it's like a limited series as long as they're not like game of thrones where it's just like well, we don't have any more books, but let's just keep doing stuff. Yeah, I guess. I just um, it, it was just an interesting turn of events that it was, that it was announced today. Well, it wasn't today. It was recent. Like, yeah, it was maybe, recent they announced it. Yeah, and I guess in lieu of all the Batman stuff going on, I thought it'd be worth talking about. So um, last bit of news here before we get to, to other things. Um, Bill Finger uh, has finally been recognized um, officially as the co-creator of Batman. I know Joe's going to talk a little more about that yeah, here well, soon. I'll go over that when we talk about Batman, but Bill Finger... And Bob Kane basically created Batman. I know for years everybody knew Bob Kane created by Batman because they stamped Bob Kane's name on everything. Uh, a lot of that was Bob Kane's Bob Kane's choice, though. Like he made a deal, yes. to, to to just have his name out right. there. And I think there's a lot of. I'll go over. Yeah. There's a little. There's a few things that Finger did, like you know, but he was not as I don't want to say smart as Bob Kane, but let's just say he didn't get an opportunity or didn't take advantage of an opportunity like Kane did. Yeah, and I know the big thing is that his name's going to be also along with Kane's name on um, Dawn of Justice. That's yeah. the big thing, right? So mm-hmm. um, we're going to have more about talk about that in a second. Um, but now we have this. Martini! Uh, well, that's a Star Wars noise. It's 11 weeks till Star Wars. So 11 weeks till Star Wars. Yeah, so Joe, what's your Star Wars nugget that you have? Star Wars nugget, I mean, I mean, this isn't like a big, big surprise, because we've talked about this before on the podcast, but uh, Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill himself, is also notorious, notoriously known as the Joker in the animated series, um, for probably a good, geez, what, um, 
15 years? No, 13 years? Yeah, I mean, he's had the role longer than anybody else. I mean, if or you no, think about 20, it. 23 years. What? So 92? What, the earlier Batman the Animated Stuff? Animated Stuff started in 92, right? Yeah, so I guess you're right. He's yeah. been doing it for a long time. Almost almost 25 years he's been he's been portraying the voice of the Joker. Uh, so anytime you've seen either in a video game in an animated series, um, and that laugh and that voice is, is Luke Skywalker. Yeah. So, so um, and so the, the little bit of trivia with that is that Joe wanted to, to find this clip. There's a comic comic panel somewhere where someone asked Hamill to do a quick little bit of the Joker talking to Luke Skywalker. So yeah. we have that audio is a little weird because it is a comic panel. So just bear with us. But this is a, it's kind of it's it's fun. <laughs> Yeah, I just I like that he 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 has a, an awesome like just edge to that. Yeah, and, uh, his his Joker is like so on spot. Like it's iconic. I mean, you know, it's funny too. Like I was I was reading some Batman that I'll get into in a little bit, and like in my head I was doing. Like it's like you do Kevin Conroy's voice and you do Mark Hamill's voice as the Joker. It's just like, yeah, and, and I, I know you're excited to watch season one of The Flash, which is coming to Netflix mm-hmm. soon, and I everybody you should watch that. And I'm almost done with season one. There is an episode where they bring in uh, Mark Hamill as the trickster. Yeah, and they, it's he's actually the same character that he was from the '90s Flash TV series. Yeah, I know they did that a lot. It's, with the it's old interesting. Okay, and, and he's like going on this rant in like Iron Heights prison, and you hear him talking, and it's like. It's this weird middle ground where it's like you hear the Joker, but yeah, he's like, you're just like, wait a minute, it's the Joker. Yeah, yeah, it's really fun to see him just chew up the scenery because there's like there hasn't really been a character like that over the top in the show, and it's like they bring him in and it's perfect, and it was really really fun. So, um, and look, look, we got more Batman stuff right now. That's right. When I was your age, television was called books. <laughs> So I knew in preparation we were going to do, because Batman Day was Saturday last week, I know we, we didn't throw it in uh, last week's cast because we wanted to kind of pass over. And we thought, it, I, I think you said it was Tuesday. I thought it was Tuesday. I thought it was Tuesday. I just, I can't um, calendar. I'm bad at calendar. I'm definitely too. not calendar. But uh, it was Saturday last week. That's that's the reason for the Batcast. But, um, you know, I kind of prepped. I, I got a couple of uh, Batman. And that we're due to talk about DC for us. Yeah. <laughs> we're giving DC, even though it's it's the best part of DC, yeah. its own whole podcast. You know, I would think that we need to do a Lobo cast. Do you, do you, like, <laughs> a Lobo <laughs> I don't know if I could do a Lobo no, cast. No, no. But, like, Lo- is it, Lobo's pretty much DC's Deadpool, if you think about it. He's I thought he like, was kind of DC's Wolverine. Yeah, you know, but he's just, like, it, insane. I know, you know there's somebody out there that's a big Lobo fan or is just going to be like, you don't know anything about Lobo. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Here I am hijacking the but, Batman DC cast to talk about our DC um, character. No, but I, I I grabbed some some Batman comics and uh, uh you know I got caught up. I decided to go back a few years and I read um a death in a family a death a death in the family, which is a four part series that uh, Jim Sterling wrote, who actually is the creator of the Infinity Gauntlet. Wrote the Infinity Gauntlet, um, so he wrote uh, uh, Death in the Family. But he can't really be attributed to the, fa- I don't want to say the famous part, or the big part of Death in the Family, because de- Death in the Family saw the death of Robin. Uh, Jason Todd at the time was Robin. And DC opened up, it was like at the time, because it was in 86, I think. Uh, no, yeah, no, 88. And um, they did a, a call-in 
uh, like you could, there was a number in the comics in DC. It was a comics. big event. It's like the yeah. Joker police plan in action. You saw what what happened, and then so Jason Todd's life was in the balance of the fans. Yes, okay. so they could call in and vote whether they wanted Jason Todd to die. And with the 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 thousands of people that called in, um, by twenty eight votes, they voted that he die. And you know, there's that one guy that's called thirty times. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "That's some bitch going to die." <laughs> like, uh, no, and and I think I think Jason Todd's reputation was kind of kind of like bad not bad but like i know he wasn't really a big fan favorite until after the fact like i think his death kind of escalated his character because afterwards some some cool stuff happens with him yeah well because like before that um dick grayson was the other right he, he he's nightwing right like, right that's, okay so and then like, he, he kind of so robin's kind of like an apprenticeship yeah. that either you grow up out of or you don't because something bad happened to you. Right. Yeah. And the whole thing with the death in the family is like... Um, <laughs> it's easier to buy smaller outfits than it is to, you know, pay medical bills. Big, bigger ones. Be like, I'm just going to find another kid. Yeah. Uh, no, the whole premise of death in the family is Jason pretty Todd. pretty big there, Ricky, aren't you? He goes and he's on he's in, he's on a search for his, his real mother because he finds out that his, his parents, his real dad was real and his mother was his stepmother who, you know, they had the same uh, scenarios, Batman, his parents get killed. But... Um, he finds out his real mother is is alive. I like that you gloss over the oh, Batman's parents. Batman's killed. parents, killed. yeah. Um, so he goes on. He goes on a search, and like somewhere, the Joker gets crossed in there. Uh, and a lot of stuff takes place in the Middle East. It's really weird because um, it's like eighty eight, and there's a lot of stuff going on in Iraq and Iran, which isn't too surprising considering the time. But um, uh, not a lot in Gotham. So, but he finds his mom, and she's actually like being. I guess you say blackmailed by the Joker. Okay. And uh, I got to say, like, one of the reasons I didn't think this was very, I mean, it was impactful for the time of killing Robin, but I I just was kind of surprised because, like, his mom totally throws him under the bus. (laughs) Like, I was just. You think she called in and voted? She probably (laughs) voted. Well, because, like, the Joker's, like, doing his Joker stuff, and he's trying to, like, like, sell all these, like, medical supplies for money because he's hard up for money because he just got out of prison. And she's kind of working in cahoots with him because he's blackmailing her. But Jason Todd's like, he meets her and he's talking to her, and then he comes back and he realizes she's wor- that the Joker's in the 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 thing, and he's just like, I got to show you something. And he shows her the Robin outfit, and she's just like, Oh my god! Like she's <laughs> like, You're Robin! Like she's shocked, and she's like, You better come with me. And then like she just like literally throws him to the Joker in her in his goods. I'm like, Worst mom ever! Wow. And then they just like proceed to beat the living crap out of him with a crowbar. And it was yeah. just like, wow, like, thanks, mom, that I just met, like, two days ago. Like, you just, yeah. So, I mean, there's more to the story than that, but that's just basically a big premise of the whole death in the family of Jason Todd getting killed. But so, definitely worth a read because it's, it's kind definitely of, of the worth a read. Batman stories. It's a very cornerstone Batman story. So, like, if you want, uh, like, because I'll talk about some other cornerstone Batman stories, but that was, that, was a, that was a good one to have, like, you know, to actually have read because there's other things that happen, too, with, like, uh, um, you know, Batman, uh, like uncovering some stuff, like over and with like a missile in Iran and stuff like that. So, oh, uh, they tie they tied in, and then the Joker gets gets tied up with the United Nations, and it's really weird. So, <laughs> there's more than going on. So, well, I was gonna say, um, there was the animated movie that they did, the Under the Red Hood, that um, starts off with a little bit of kind of the same thing with uh, Todd mm-hmm. getting beaten down by the Joker with a crowbar. The Joker in that animated movie is Joe DiMaggio. 
not John DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio is a baseball player. Yeah, John DiMaggio. John DiMaggio Bender, and he's really good as the Joker. Yeah, it's it's creepy. Like you just at first you're like, ah, it's not going to be Mark Hamill. It's like, oh, that's that's not bad. Like yeah. I mean, here he plays uh, Santa Claus of Futurama is terrifying. So yeah. you know, Joe DiMaggio. What the what am I saying? It's, I don't know. Yeah, baseball, Batman. You know, bats. Bats. <laughs> that's all. It's, it's all connected. Bats. So yeah, check out uh, Death in the Family. Um, I, I'm sure it's pretty easy to get a hold of. It's that should be uh, a lot of the good Batman stories from the '80s and stuff were kind of small, like anywhere from like like four to maybe like six, seven. So it isn't like this whole crossover. No, they don't thing. do a okay. big massive one. It gets into that like towards the 2000s and stuff with like uh, Crisis on Infinite Earth and like I think Hush is like seven. Yeah, yeah. So all right, so there's some Batman stuff, and now more. Batman stuff. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. And tonight's entertainment. It's our main segment. It's Batman, Batman, and Batman. Batman. So Joe's going to, he's done a little bit of homework about the Batmans and how it's came to be. And we're going to talk a little bit about just over time how, like, he's kind of, I mean, Batman's important. He's he's evolved a lot. And, like, in his evolution has been a reflection a lot of, it's been a lot of reflection of society and the time, too, and, and just how certain things are perceived. Like, in, in 1939, in May of thir- 1939, um, Bob Kane came up with the concept of Batman, which originally Batman was uh, a, a, a superhero in red tights with a domino mask and a da- Leonardo da Vinci-type wing apparatus. And, and when Joe says domino mask, he's, he's saying like the more... Like Robin's like mask. Like Robin's mask. Robin had like a domino smaller, mask. Like the, like the freaking Lone Ranger kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. The, so like or that, Zorro, actually. That, that makes more well, sense. Well, Zorro yeah. was a huge influence on Batman, yeah. too, from what they said. So then, like, Kane called up Bill Finger, and he was like, hey, I got this concept for this character. Come check it out. And Finger came over, and he was just like, no, we got to do this. Let's scrap the mask. Let's give him a cowl. Let's, let's get rid of the red... Um, let's go with like black and gray and let's give him some gloves and, and just give him a cape instead of those wings. Um, and then that's kind of how Batman was born. So, yeah. And I know that, um, basically at that point they started talking about how they wanted to bring like pulp elements still because those the crime yeah. books are still a big deal. Right. But Superman was doing so well that, um, it wasn't DC at the time. It was like national comics or something like before they were called yeah. DC. They're like, we need more heroes. And so they're trying to find a way to marry the two where it's like having a character with Cape, but also still like having the hard boiled crime angle. Well, like, because like they took the, they did take that hard boiled crime angle with Batman. Because like, in, in, you know, in the 40s, like they, they kept it along the whole pulp comic, um, uh, I guess you could say genre of Batman would just like, just like how Batman is nowadays. He would beat the crap out of criminals and he would kill some criminals because that was the style of, of the pulp comics. You know, you, you had these villains and these terrible people that would just, you know, their justice would be dispensed. And, you know, there'd be times when Batman would just mutilate people. Um, and then I think it wasn't until like the, like the mid 1950s when DC started to kind of scale it back. I think part of that too, is like you, come out of like late world war two and then you move on where like a lot of people saw some bad stuff and there was a lot of bad things going on so it's like now we're on an uptick so let's get away from some of the darker right. elements and also i know you were going to mention there were some reports that came out that kind of affected comics well in and, the yeah. was it 1954 uh frederick worthman uh he did like a thesis on like the like he was a psychologist like like effects of comic books and and like how they influenced youth or just people that read them, 
And that's where you started to get the comic code to spawn out of that. You know, because um, he said there was a lot of like people imitating violence. Mm-hmm. Um, also, a, a little unrelated, but a lot a lot of that came from like Tales from the Crypt and like the EC comics. And there was a lot of the darker right. subject matter there. And also, there was this weird undertone that people believed that um, the Batman and Robin relationship had these weird homosexual undertones. Yeah, they did. And they're like, we have to get away from that. So they felt like that was influencing well, the youth of America. Well, they did that with, because I read, um, they did that be, uh, by trying to throw in, like a lot of people criticized them for throwing Batgirl in there and Barbara Gordon as characters to distract from that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's another thing. Because, I mean, even in his thesis, you know, uh, Worthman said that, you know, he that, that the whole relationship between Batman and Robin was, was homosexual. And um, that uh, that DC inadvertently was trying to they never came out and said it, but they were trying to get people to not think that. Yeah. So I just it's interesting that that is like you find the the major popular culture or like what people are excited about or what the kids like and the parents don't understand. Mm -hmm. And suddenly that's what's messing up the children. And that's a whole other thing. But how you go from that to like rock and roll music to violent video games to. You know, just the internet, and it's like every every so often, it's like, well, this is what the gangster rap. That's what's messing up the kids, and it's just, I, it's just a matter of like, well, look at what's really going on. Are people really going around in capes and cows and like fighting crime? Some do now, but th- that wasn't, you know, <laughs> no, they they wasn't they weren't mimicking or mad. They do it more so now than they did before. If you think about it, there yeah. was, there's, I mean, you can find documentaries about people who try and do vigilanteism. <laughs> that's true. I guess it's a whole other thing. But yeah, that, those are one-off cases. Like. I, I rarely fight crime. Yeah, I, tr- I try to at least twice a week, but yeah, I don't. Job. I just like I I barely not litter, pretty much. You know, <laughs> um, but like and then you know the they 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 that really drove Batman into the campy style that you saw in like 1966 when the Adam West TV show came out. Yeah, there was a lot more leaning towards sci-fi and space monsters and right. all this like there this, was the Scooby-Dooification uh, yep. of Batman. There was a lot of characters it was it got really bizarre. I think there was um you're right, there would get kind of sci-fi with space monsters and stuff for a while. I can't remember one of the characters was called Batmite and I don't I it I was an from another dimension that's a fan of Batman. Yeah. You know? I mean, like, so I, I read a little bit about this. So Batman was lighthearted and a little goofy. And then when the TV show came out, it looked at that and then took it to like the next level. And I guess that when that show debuted, it, people loved it. Right. But it burned out real quick. It was only like, for what, three seasons? I think so. And it had like 120 episodes, by the way, which is ridiculous which, when we think about TV now. Yeah, because they only pop out one. Ep- the, back in the day, they would pop out an episode every day. Yeah, pretty much, right? You know, so, and then you had the Batman movie, too. Yeah, so. that just came out in the middle of the run. This, right. Yeah. So, but they, they basically they said that since that was so ridiculous and people got tired of it, when that show got canceled, the books kind of collapsed, too, because they were really goofy. Well, there's a, a writer, uh, I think his name was Dennis O'Neill. He um, he tried to re-bring back the whole dark and brooding, um, the pulp feel of, of the original Batman sense in the 70s. And, you know, he, um, he, he it, it did okay. It, it kept Batman afloat, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely got away from the bat, bat shark repellent and all the bat gadgets and all the bat this because it, it really found um, it started to re, you know get back to Batman's roots in the seventies. Yeah, and I know like um, as they got closer to the eighties that they started to try to bring in a lot of the original elements and tie it all together, and so they made this whole big 
plot line of where all the stuff that Batman fought things in outer space, it was all hallucinogenic gases that he was exposed to. Yeah. And it was like this whole like, oh, you were just tripping the entire time. The Scarecrow got you. It just makes me wonder then who was he fighting? Like all of that, you know, it's just like, is he just out there just like, just punching people? <laughs> it's like, a, like some crazy old man Logan thing. <laughs> just out there just, just like fighting par- a park bench. It's like, just leave him be. It's what's, Batman. It's what's fine. What's that guy doing, mommy? Don't worry. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then like you said, in the eighties, like the eighties kind of blew up with Batman. I like, think that, I think the eighties is what has like defined well, Batman as what we know. A lot really. of people, I think, and if you look through like some of the best Batman stories, this is always like one of the top three. If not the top one is Dark Knight Returns that Frank Miller did in '86, um, which I have, but I didn't get a chance to read it because yeah, I, I do want to read it whenever you're you're done with it. Um, but Dark Knight Returns basically is, and it's funny because like in '86, Frank Miller did Dark Knight Returns, and it basically tells the story of Batman returning back to being Batman after retired. He's a 55 year old Bruce Wayne, and he basically gets back in the saddle. And it kind of relives his life as Batman and, and reflects. And then and then a year later, Frank Miller also knocked out in 87. He did year one, which is the complete opposite, where it's the first year of Batman being Batman as a young person. Yeah. So he's like learning, you know, how not to break his neck jumping across rooftops and things like that. And Yeah, know, it's like, like Dark Knight Returns and then like go, go back to Watchmen. Those kind of came out around the same time, and yeah. that was really, I mean, in terms of Batman and in terms of comics, this really started, and also I know, like, Daredevil started getting darker, too, towards the ladies, but that was well, also... Frank was Miller. All, yeah. Like, yeah, it, so, and a lot of people, it's funny, a lot of people be like, oh, Daredevil's just Batman, blah, blah, and I'm like, well, if you look at iconic Batman stories, they're Frank Miller's. If you yeah. look at iconic Daredevil stories, they're Frank Miller's. That's why there's such a close comparison, because that writer... Um, you know, Frank Miller is, is I'm sure you guys have probably heard his name dropped with like 300 um, and Sin City. The Spirit. Yeah, the, <laughs> the Spirit. Well, RoboCop 2. <laughs> RoboCop 2, yeah. He did write RoboCop 2. But yeah, well, The Spirit was Will Eisner, but that was Frank he, Miller's movie. I know. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, but like th- those are one and the same because of Frank Miller's writing style. And I'm, I like Frank Miller's style with those those books and those movies. Um, a lot, I, I read a couple of Daredevils, and, and it's his stuff is really dark and gritty. Well, I think it's also reflective of like the, the mid eighties, like uh, a lot of people were, I mean, the, there was success in terms of like, well, the excess was what was really going on. Like everybody, it was more and more and more. And, it, and I think there was like some souring of like the American dream. And so you, you had this darker, like, I mean, a lot of things went dark then too. I mean, not to, to dwell, not comics to, not to take, wander away. Comics. They did take like a good dark Blade Runner. Turn. Other things started like the future is not, not bright. Right. And the comics were reflecting that. And I think people started to be, started to take notice that you could tell, I mean, you could always tell interesting stories with comics. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about Spider-Man again at some point. Look, I fit him into this podcast. It's amazing. <laughs> but even, but even as like, uh, as times went on with him and then throughout the sixties and seventies, there were still challenging stories they told, but it's not the same type of thing. No. So, um, well, Spider-Man, ah, <laughs> <laughs> you did it too. Ah, Spider-Man did get dark in the eighties too. There was yeah. some dark stuff, but anyway, um, you know, and that's like what, literally a black suit. Well, yeah. And then, yeah, literally <laughs> she like totally went, you know, completely, uh, like evil, dark looking Spider-Man, but, uh, like 88, they had the killing joke and death in the family also came out in 88 for Batman. And the killing joke is also another, big famous one that's an alan moore yeah 
uh, which one you know, shot. I don't want to talk about the ending of that book. Like I know what comes, and I think if people should find that and read it, I don't think it's, it's that big a deal. Well, but still, like because when you figure out what what the cover is of the of the whole the first image, yeah. and really what's going on, it is messed up. Yeah. And it's good. It's, I mean, it's a good messed up. I, I don't. Well, you know what I mean. Anyway. They're supposed to be doing an animated version of that, and that's and Mark when Hamill coming back Mark as the Joker. Ha- yeah, Mark Hamill, who's retired supposedly as the Joker, is doing a return thing for that animated one. So uh, that's definitely something to check out because that's a huge Batman story, and it's great to have him do that because that's pretty dark too. That's Al- you know Alan Moore's dark. Um, and then of course in '89, uh, the a- Batman the Tim Burton movie came out, which was like. Pretty much like skyrocketed. I remember that summer, like yeah. people were like in lines outside the theater. That's, I think it's the last time I remember. I mean, you got blockbusters people were excited for, but that was really before like DVD mm-hmm. became a thing. So if you want to see a movie, you usually go to the theater. I mean, I mean, home video was a big deal at the time too, but you'd still go to the you theater. Wait a lot longer for the home video. Yeah, so that was like yeah. the last big like you got to see it while it's in the theater, and you're gonna wait out I, outside. I watched uh, I watched the Tim Burton Batman like two or three months ago because it was on Netflix and it still holds up really good <laughs> in parts in parts yeah <laughs> but it was it was it was good and, it, and and like watching it like I was like sitting there thinking to myself I'm like they really did a good job of nailing the comic book feel of this this movie there were parts where it, it got a, a tiny bit campy yeah um, which I don't know if it was on purpose to pay you know homage back to like the 60s and 70s. Or if, you know, that's just the way it went. But I I think the first two Tim Burton movies were really good pieces well, for that. If I remember movie. right, Kane was worried that it was going to become just like the same thing as like the 66 TV series. Because, yeah. I mean, Burton really hadn't proven himself other than doing a Pee Wee movie. Right. So it's like he was really worried that they weren't going to tra- tra- treat the character seriously. And I, it's still, I mean, after after seeing The Dark Knight, which I will talk about that probably I'm sure in a second, and realizing that Heath Ledger is like that performance of the Joker was amazing. I always thought that there was no way to come close to Nicholson. That's what he, a lot of people and, thought. And then you go back and watch Nicholson. He's still really good. Like I can yeah. separate the two, but I just didn't think anybody would ever be able to take that away from, from that movie. Yeah. And I think I saw something once where they did a comparison of like, it was just like a photo, but it was like Cesar Romero's uh, 66 Batman Joker, who was like the clown and the goofy, yeah, the goofball, and then you had um, Nicholson was the gangster Joker, yeah, you know he was the thug and he was the organized crime Joker, but he was still crazy and insane. And then you had late, uh, Ledger was um, the anarchist Joker. Yeah, I like that they took like the idea of the Joker's being like an actual wild card. Yeah, and I thought that was interesting that like that's the way they went with it was like you don't know what's coming next as opposed to I mean he still make these terrible jokes, but. He was more an agent of chaos as opposed to like the other two. Right. Um, he wasn't as silly, which was which like the Joker being such. And one of the reasons why the Joker is such a great character is because of Batman being his, you know, Batman, him, Batman, him being Batman's arch nemesis and being a contrast to Batman. Like yeah. Batman is Batman is dark. His color, you know, his outfit is dark. It's black. It's gray. It's blue. It's very it's very dark looking. The Joker always wears colorful outfits. Purples, yeah. greens, it pops. It always stands out. Um, you know, Batman is very serious and composed and the Joker is the complete opposite. He's yeah. complete chaos and craziness. So it's like Batman always has a plan. It's it's why those two work together. They're like and, and, and to and to give credit to that, as much as I do love other other, you know, 
people that sling webs and stick to walls. And it's like they're they're always number one in my heart. Um, the other men, the, the, other, the other, the other, the other, other men's and animals the combinations, an, animal man combinations, yeah, right, not creature man combinations, uh, <laughs> creature human crime fighter collective. Um, I used to be in that band. It was it was pretty shitty uh, arcade fire cover band called a uh, human animal collective. Anyway, sorry. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, so, it, as much as I like those other other things. I would say those that that that's probably the best villain hero like tandem combination. That's it. Like, absolutely. Just, yeah. Absolutely. You can't you can't really beat that at anything. I mean, you got the Green Goblin, but I mean, he almost no. makes you think that that's almost like that was Marvel's attempt at like we got to have a similar type of like. I don't really think he, Goblin Goblin's different, and, and I don't want to get into that now. But okay, I just yeah. keep trying to drag in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know you are. I know you're just like <laughs> you're like oh well, just Vicky Vale's cool, but oh my gosh, Mary Jane. Like, you know, it's just, uh, uh, um. So yeah, and then and then right after that movie came out, which got to say that movie, Danny Elfman helped kill that movie with the soundtrack. It was amazing. Like that. You movie, mean the score? The score, not the soundtrack. The soundtrack. I'm sorry. Okay, soundtrack's a little different. Am I bad? I. Oh, I know what I was talking about. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, I did sound- say soundtrack. Like no. Danny Elfman was just like doing. No, I mean, I'm talking. I'm just specifically mentioning Prince is what I mean. Like doing the soundtrack. Prince did the soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, no. that does not hold up. But the Danny Elfman score is. Amazing. It does. The Danny it, Elfman it just, score is really good. That 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 score just kills. Um, and well, they 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 transitioned that really well too into the Batman animated series, because in like it was in '89, and then the animated series came out in '92. Um, which that was like four seasons, and that was, and, and then it went on to be more too, because they did Batman and Robin. Yeah, they did Batman and Superman, and it all just kind of tied together. Um, but you know, I watched a couple episodes uh, last week, and they're still entertaining. Um, to to the point where it was just like you could see what they were trying to do because they were trying to. They, it was obvious as it was like you know they were like, well, this is a cartoon, and kids are going to watch it, but we want to make it for adults. Because I remember when it premiered. And yeah, even like the more vi- like there, I, you're right. There's couple. If you go on YouTube, there's people have them labeled weird. Like they're they've come up with like six or seven different names in front to so that to full Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I found them. I was just typing things and I came across them. So there's full episodes on YouTube, and there was the one about the introduction of Two Face. Harvey Dent's a messed up character, and the way they handled his psychosis in the cartoon, like you got it. But it's like there was way darker things going on underneath mm-hmm. that they didn't that they kind of hinted at. But it's like as a kid, you're like, oh, he's just he, you don't like him when he's angry, you know? Yeah. It just, yeah. But I remember when it premiered, it was like it was a big deal. It was a, it was it, a primetime premiere. It, it, they gave it was a cartoon show. Not since I think the Flintstones did a cartoon get a primetime spot, and this was one of them. And it was it was great. I mean, I loved watching it when I was a kid. It 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 got me hooked into Batman more than anything else because i think it it got you into the world a little bit more like there were characters i didn't even know about yeah like clayface and well clayface is original to the series um harley quinn was original to the series yeah harley Um, quinn that's something else we should probably talk about too that animated series spawned harley quinn yeah harvey bullock um uh who's the other detective that spawned out of that but um a lot of the characters like uh, even victor zaz yeah you know that was like a really like obscure like you know, you're used to the penguin. You're used to like Scarecrow. I like the Clock King. Like the I, Clock I, King, I, I like yeah. him a lot, actually, and he's an I, interesting character. I remember because he's just an old dude that's a deficiency expert. He just knows things, right? Like, and he knew how to out Batman. Batman. It was really interesting. He could time everything. He's like, I know how long it takes for you to throw a punch. Yeah, and it's like it was like, just so much fun to be like, you got um, you know, Orville Redenbacher over here, just like beating Batman. Probably yeah. not the same thing. 
But yeah, the, I mean, the animated series was so good. And, and check it out, too, because it was actually hand-animated, which is a big difference between a lot of stuff now. Yeah, you is, could tell it's hand-animated. And, and here's the thing you may not know is that it was originally animated like when they actually do, because a lot of animation is done originally like on a white field that they then you know paint and everything. This, a lot of the actual drawings was done on black paper. And you could definitely see how that, that probably explains bu- builds the, the palette of yeah. how everything in that always looks dark, and mm-hmm. it's, a, it's it's really good. I know it's on. Um, if you have Amazon Prime, uh, I know it's on Amazon's Instant Video service. You get with that. Yeah, and there's there's um. Uh, did you see the one that was uh like it's called like what dreams are made of? It was the one where the Mad Hatter tricked Bruce Wayne into thinking that he was separate from the Batman. Like it was like this whole reality of him just being Bruce Wayne and Batman was this other thing. And it was just, it was really, really good. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, the animated series, check it out. Like, I also think that also raised a level for making entertainment for kids that can be smart and yeah. also, well, like, entertaining and not, and I, feel, I don't think it's overly violent. Cause no. Batman, because at that time, Batman, he doesn't kill, he always wants to use, like, logic and reason and always wants for the greater good. You know what? Did you bring that up real quick? I think whoever was driving Warner Brothers back in, like, the early 90s, did that a lot because you because you look back at like at tiny tunes and um animaniacs and batman the animated series like that was all warner brothers animated like Mm -hmm. like thing that was going on then and if you think about it it's like all those shows were they weren't adult but they were on that edge where it's like it made kids think like what are they talking about yeah and then if you're like i yeah that's a whole another thing because like because then also Completely unrelated, but like the Nickelodeon started picking up and having those shows that yeah. could be two levels and and yeah, so animated the Batman animated series I think is a high mark. Um, and there's been Batman series after that, like like Joe mentioned. You Batman Bat- Beyond was a really big one too. I didn't get to watch. I I haven't watched that, but I, I want to. Like I know that's my girlfriend's fun. a big fan of that. I didn't even know that. And did you did you see that? Uh, oh, what's his name? Um, uh, Stephen Amell's brother, Robbie Amell, Amel, Amel, whatever. Uh, Arrow's brother. Yeah. Uh, he plays uh, Firestorm on The Flash, and he keeps telling everybody he has an idea for a Batman Beyond movie, and he wants to make it. And he's like, I want to be Batman Beyond. And he has, so he's just trying to tell everybody, he's like, I want to do this before I get too old to not be Batman. <laughs> and it's, I think it's great that he's like, this is, this is the property that I want to make a movie out of. So um, short, yeah. Shortly after, uh, I don't know, I'll touch on real quick, like after the animated series, they did Nightfall, which is the... The death, I guess you'd say, of Batman. Well, DC at the time, I mean, that was the big thing is that they were they were running behind Marvel and comic sales because Marvel at the time was all about big events and big covers. Like you had, I mean, when I buy big covers, I mean, literally, like you had to go out and buy foil covers and gatefolds and five issues that would fit together and make one issue. Like X-Men 92, I remember specifically, like five issues would make one big you know, they, it was always events. It was like a panel, yeah. And so DC's like, well, okay, fine. We'll start killing our characters. We'll see how that goes. And so they, they did, um, was it Nightfall before? De- no, Death Superman, Death was, Superman first. was first. And, then and, and people went nuts about that. So they're yeah. like, well, we're not going to kill Batman, but we are going to take him out. Right. And that was that was huge. Was the, was it, that was the introduction of Bane, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because okay. he showed up and he basically, the, the, the smart thing about Bane at the time, and I don't know how they've handled the character since, is that he, since he was, he was more of a tag, you know, Tactical? Tactical. Tactician? That's not right. That's not even a word. Tactician. Tactician. That's the word. Words. Um, So he actually went to Arkham and let all the guys out and had Batman like on a 48-hour terror, like hunting down all his former enemies. And then he just shows up. He's like, by the way, I'm this guy. I've come here to defeat you. And I'm going to break your back and just leave you in like just a pile. And it was awesome. Then they had, what is it, Asriel took over. 
was Batman who started Brian. killing people, and that's not what Batman does. Yeah, no. Yeah. So <laughs> no, they were asleep. And so that that, that also then um, that changed the, the status quo, and other people would take the mantle of Batman, kind of like how they've done with Captain America and other stuff. Well, too. yeah, Dick Grayson was Batman for yeah. a while, and and like in the multiverse of. DC, uh, I think he was Batman for a while because like it was ba- it was Dick Grayson as Batman, and then uh, Damian Wayne, who's Batman's son with yeah. Talia. Um, Talia Al Ghul is Ra's Al Ghul's daughter. Ba- Batman likes the ladies that are troubling. He does like the Catwoman. And, then, and, and uh, I had to do some research because I found something out that I was kind of like, wait a minute, because um, him and Catwoman when they did New Fifty Two, I think uh, him and Catwoman had a daughter. And they named her Helena, and she became the Huntress, which is, you know, the Huntress is also Helena Brunelli. Yeah. And I was like, so wait, is it the same character? But, like, Helena Wayne, I was like, they're 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 different, but it was just so similar that it, I was like, that's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So um, you go on from all that, and then basically you lead to the new movie trilogy. It was, like, the big thing. Right. Like- I remember when uh, they announced Batman Begins, and it was kind of like one of those things because I want to say it was right or either. Oh, well, you know, we forgot about like the other crappy Schumacher movies. Which no, we, no, we, we talked about those. We, we mentioned... No, we talked. We talked about those. When we're just skipping over it now. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, we can't go ahead. Don't worry. No, there's some Schumacher coming. Like I. Oh, you got. I, okay. I have. Yeah, a, <laughs> yeah just. Uh, I have a little Batman quiz for Joe, and oh, okay. there's going to be some audio to go along with that. So we'll get to that. <laughs> Um, but, so after after Schumacher killed Batman, it wasn't Bane; it was Schumacher. It was Schwarzenegger. Which, by the way, you know what? Like, honestly, Batman Forever isn't the worst movie. That's the one with the Riddler and Two Face. Mm-hmm. That was much more in the vein of like this, like the '66, like campy. Yeah, I remember liking that a great deal when I that was. That wasn't like, that bad. No, Batman and Robin's just it's just a hot mess. Yeah, considering it has Mister Freeze, it's a hot mess. That seems a bit anyway. So, yeah, but the um... kick some ice. Yeah, complete. Uh, who the hell cast him as that? Like, <laughs> they were written, they were wanting Anthony Hopkins originally. I, by the way, for Mister Freeze. Oh, that said, would have been perfect. So, so think about a... this: Anthony Hopkins turned it down. The next person they wanted was Hulk Hogan. He turned it down. Then they went with Schwarzenegger. So think about like that, like that thought process. Like, oh, this this actor that would be really good for the part, or Patrick Stewart would have been amazing at that point too. That'd been really good. Yeah, the like like Schwarzenegger's Mister Freeze is nothing like Mister Freeze. He's like anyway. Yeah. Um, but no, Batman Begins. I remember wasn't that coming around at the same time that uh, Super- when did Superman Returns come out? Um, after that, I think because Superman. There was a longer. Yeah, they were that. Warner Brothers was trying to get the train rolling again on both those because I think Batman Begins was like since they, when they announced Christopher Nolan being the director, I really was excited because I like Memento. I love Memento, and I and uh, everything else he had done up to that point, I liked a lot. And I thought that was an interesting turn to take this like thought out thriller director to be like you're doing Batman now. So what's your take on to be on it? And I, you know, I don't dislike Batman begins. There's a lot of it. I like, um, I, I have some problems with it though. Let me tell you this. I like Batman begins and I like the dark Knight. I love the dark Knight. Dark Knight was amazing. I don't like Christian Bale as Batman or Bruce Wayne. <laughs> really? Yeah. I, was, I, I have not found a Batman that I like yet as an actor. Not even, not even Clooney. Mm-mm. No, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> What about Keaton? You don't like Keaton as Bruce Wayne? I liked Keaton as Batman, but I did not like him as Bruce Wayne. Which is weird, because I think they cast him to be more of the approachable Bruce Wayne, you know, and then the stuff him in a rubber suit well, and be done with it. he is approachable Bruce Wayne, but he just doesn't have the image. Okay. Because Keaton's a smaller frame guy. So then, okay, fine. Let's just, uh, just stop everything right now. All right. Put all, put all the Batmans we know aside. 
who do you think would be uh, like you got Affleck coming? How yeah. do you feel about him? I'm excited about Affleck. Okay. I know a lot of people are not, but I'm excited about Affleck. I'm excited for Affleck now. Like I watched Gone Girl; he was really good in that. Argo was really good. Like he he's found his like I think he's gotten over being Ben Affleck. And it's just one of like oh crap, I could actually be like effective. He's, he he got know? reindeer games out of his system. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah. But no, I don't know. I'm he got actually, rid of the J Lo, and I'm, you know, he moved on. You know, I'm actually really excited to see Ben Affleck play Batman. And so I know a lot ben of Affleck, people probably. Who would you want? Fastbender? Fastbender would be awesome. As, as, like, I think he'd be good. I think Fastbender would be an excellent Batman. I don't know if he'd be a good Bruce Wayne. Okay. I'm trying to think it would be a good Bruce Wayne. I mean, Affleck would definitely probably be a, a, a pick. You know, if I probably wouldn't even think about it if it wasn't already cast. Yeah. Um, this is on the spot. I just didn't <laughs> think about actors. Um, I'll get back to it. But, yeah, like the whole Batman trilogy um, – and I have to say that, like, I don't know if it would stand as high as it did without Heath Ledger. I, w- I would love um, just give Hugh Jackman another, like, five, six years and have him have him be Batman Dark Knight Returns. Like, to have him be the older, angry Batman. That would be great to have Hugh Jackman well, in that role. Did you hear about, uh, speaking of Batman and Hugh Jackman, did you hear that Hugh Jackman's, like... Like said, hey, look, you need to you need to throw Wolverine Tom Hardy's way. Oh my goodness! Yeah, uh, you know what? I could see that. Yeah, yeah that'd be fine. Um, so, oh uh, yeah, so I didn't mean to throw you Bane. off. Like asking about a uh, you know having Bane be Wolverine. My that, that's that's the story right there. Do you think he'd have to talk all weird? Yeah, put the thing on. I think he, that was the best part of Bane. Like I just <laughs> love doing Bane quotes because you can't understand him, right? Um, do you think Christopher Nolan just hates the English language and just makes everybody... <laughs> so think about it. He had Bale that couldn't talk right. Then he had Bane. Uh, and then you got McConaughey in Interstellar where it's like, I don't know what's going on half the time yeah, here. I don't know. So anyway. Well, DiCaprio in Inception was fine. That's true. Yeah. You're right. So Everybody else in Inception was um, fine. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. Inception's a good movie. Um, so now so now we're on like the, the Dawn of Justice, right? Like the, the Batman Superman mm-hmm. So then uh, going through all this and you got like the video games Arkham Knight just came out somewhat recently. Oh yeah, the games People are amazing. about it. I here's my confession and I told Joe this that I spent this past weekend finishing Arkham City, which I know that game came out like 4 years ago. Yeah. I just had not finished it, so I finally got around to it. Good game. Yeah. Really good game. It was a good game. I'm a terrible Batman. That's <laughs> that's what I'll say. Like especially when I take like months away Were you and those people. <laughs> I wasn't killing people. I just it's basically I drop into a group of like 11, 11 guys at the fight and then it's like Batman, why are you combat rolling left and right and not touching anybody? And then why are you sometimes throwing a batarang that goes nowhere? It's like I'm sure if I was one of those guys be like Batman hit his head somewhere and he's just coming in trying to fight. Like I just couldn't do anything. <laughs> Uh-oh. And and like and I was waiting for the counters to happen so like they take and I'm just getting the crappy out of me repeatedly. It's like I am a terrible Batman. I used to do that too. Like when I played it, like I would jump in the middle of people and I'd be like, I'm just gonna counter the crap out of these guys, and then I'd be like, I got two counters. Oh, I'm getting my butt kicked. Yeah. So that's all it was. It's like they should have just renamed that game to Combat Roll the game because that's all I was doing was flipping over people, and that's all. I, I was really ath- athletic. I just couldn't hit anybody. It was pretty cool. So no, Arkham City is a great game. Um, I don't know if I'm going to pick up Origins. I might just jump straight to Arkham Knight. But did you? You know, what's funny is like you. I don't want to spoil the ending of. Well, I could, yeah, go ahead and hit spoiler alert. Oh, uh, you know what? I don't have it right now. Oh, I, have, I have all this Batman stuff. Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't played Arkham City. I remember sitting through the whole game, and I was like, 
I was like, man, they have hit like every villain that I can think of except for Clayface. I'm like, they really thought, forgot a Clayface. Yeah. And then like the end when uh, when you find out that the the Joker really wasn't like better. Yeah. It was and it was yeah. Clayface. And I was like, oh. It just seems like an oddly like placed villain to have right there at the end. I didn't think I, it was I, don't, I thought it was clever. I, I think the one that like the, the, the villain of all of them that I had to fight that I had the hardest time with was early in the game that was Solomon Grundy. He was the hardest guy to freaking fight in that whole thing. Because he's, he's, he's Zombie Hulk. Yeah. And it was really tough. I fight. don't remember who I had the hardest time with. I want to say it was one of the Penguin fights. You had oh. to fight him twice, didn't you? I can't remember. Um, I don't remember. Yeah, it's been. I've, I've played this game over the space of like three years, I guess. <laughs> like, like you know, how many generations of like you know fruit flies have come and gone, and other other animals that have lived on this earth that have now vanished. And, like, <laughs> there's species that are probably now gone that that have existed in the time frame in which I started that game and finished it. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know. I was just like you know, I have a Batman game. I'm going to finish it, and, and I just kind of wanted to get in the mood of Batman, you know. And it's something about. Waiting up in the shadows. Did I tell you about how I had a... What's the new one right now? Arkham, Arkham Knight. Arkham Knight. Did I tell you about how I got a free copy of Arkham Knight and then I didn't? <laughs> you didn't get it? So I my video card went bad on my PC. And I was just like, man. I was like, I got to buy one. I was like, whatever, fine. So I went on Amazon or New Egg. I don't remember where I got it from. But I ordered a new NVIDIA card. And it was like, you get a free gift, Arkham Knight. And I was like, oh, cool. I want to play this. So I got a code to get a free copy of Arkham Knight. And I was like... Well, I don't have a controller for my PC, so I need to get it like a Xbox controller. So I was like hunting one down for a while, and like nobody had one. It was like impossible to find a corded USB Xbox three uh, Xbox three sixty controller. So I finally got one, and I go and I get my email all fired up, and I go to Nvidia's uh, site, and I go to punch it in, and they're like, "This code is expired." Oh, and I was like, "Oh, really?" And then so I never got to play it, and I was kind of salty because I got a free game I didn't get. But I read later on that like the PC version of that game was still has problems, riddled yeah. with problems. So I guess it's probably good I didn't get it. <laughs> that's still it's still frustrating though, like to think that you have something and you don't have it. I was like, I'm getting the new Batman game. Yeah, ha ha ha. Kind of makes me think about Destiny a little bit. I, was, I don't want to talk about that. Right I now. was telling people all proud. <laughs> so okay, um, just real quick to, to put a pen in this and wrap it up before we get on to the fun stuff. Um, so I, I mean, I want to ask you this question. It's, it sounds like a stupid question, but like Batman, like it, it clearly it's you know it's still around and, and all over the place. But is Batman as character still relevant to to like to us? Because I mean, he's super rich, can do whatever he wants, and he the only reason why he has like one like driving force of what he's wanting to do, and it's like, and he wants to avenge the loss of his parents, right? And he always wants to do right, and it just seems like I think Batman's character to me at least is still relevant and i'll tell you why because like bruce wayne is not like his alter ego bruce wayne is kind of just like a um it's kind of like a convenience but like batman's character with his abilities and what he is he has no superpowers he has his intelligence he has his peak physical condition he has his detective skills and his gadgets which do come from his money but he wrestles with gods. Like, this guy is out there with Superman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, yeah. all of these people. And and they and DC and all these writers always manage to write Batman out like he is better than all of them. Well, did you watch... There was the, the, the animated movie, the Justice Doom. League Doom. That's, that's an amazing... 
That's an amazing movie. Like I love that. When I watch that, it, was fun. It, it puts Batman into such a good perspective because he has a contingency plan to take out all of the Justice League. Yeah, but, and basically these bad guys are like, wait, who's the one guy who knows how to do this? Let's go yeah. take his plans Why and then he, use yeah. it against those people. Yep, they're and ba- it works. It like, did. And they're all just screwed over, and it's just like, well... How did wh- they know how to do this? Yeah. And then they're like, Batman? And he's like, hey, yeah. I, what am I supposed to do if one of you goes crazy? And they're like, like, they're like, do you have a plan for me? They're like, no. It's like, well, you should. And it's like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. You know, it's like, like, and that's the thing about Batman is he's dark and brooding and he's kind of a dick, but he always seems to have the answer. And it's like, as a reader, it's like you kind of put yourself in that position because it's like, okay, I'm running around with a man in blue tights or red tights that is invincible mm. and he can do whatever he wants. What the hell am I? But they always make Batman out to be like, the, the not the better character, but he he still can go toe to toe, either whether intellectually or um you know by deductive reasoning or what you know what you know by tactics. So and I guess even though there's the whole Bat family now of everybody being a Batman, yeah. right? That he still is kind of singular in the sense that like you're right, like DC the their pantheon of heroes is a lot of it's based on like gods and magic, you know, mm-hmm. and like in Marvel's well, more, more even, like genetics and like cosmic, yeah, you know? So it's like, he stands alone as like, like he's just a guy. One of DC's and, offshoot properties is called gods among us. Okay. So, I mean, that just goes to show, I mean, you, you've, and it's funny, I'm, you know, I remember looking at something from, you remember wizard Con, or wizard magazine? Yeah. I think it was wizard magazine, but they had a retrospect of, I think it was like the strongest women in comics. And the top three or four were all DC characters. Okay. And then, like, I think She-Hulk came in at number four or five as Marvel character as far as, like, how much they could lift. And, like, Wonder Woman was, like, ridiculous, but she's not known for her strength. Okay. But, like, DC puts that much power into their characters to kind of, like, give you a gauge. It's like these, these characters are gods. And there, there's just Batman. He's just, you know. And he's just like, hey, I got some boomerangs and some smoke. <laughs> what? You don't see and me some no shark, more. shark repellent. Oh, bat, yeah. bat shark repellent. By the way, you got kryptonite running through your blood. So, I snuck that in your food. So do you think Batman, like, the character, um, you know, obviously we, there's different incarnations. We've talked all about that. Um, there's still this core core ideas, though, that he is for the side of right. And he will try to use his cunning to overcome um, even even if it's like Adam West saying ridiculous things uh-huh. in, in his thought process, um, d- does does Batman like does the character change to reflect our times or do do, do our? It's just I mean it does reflect it, but I mean like is it more like the writers of the day to look at that and be like, well, how does Batman fit in this world and how would he react to it? Because like like you have that Batman Incorporated storyline, right? Like or no, it was it was something where it was like yeah, it was Batman Batman's all over the world, right? Yeah. Like he started franchising Batmans. Mm-hmm. And that's a very like twenty first century idea of it's like, well you have to have to have a Batman in your backyard, you know? Well like, that no, that definitely does reflect our time. Okay. So I just I think um so do you think someone like him is more like socially reflective versus like a Spider Man? Because Spider Man doesn't change a whole lot. In terms of like what he's about, like I mean, they can give him more responsibilities and more more problems. That's hard to say because I know DC with their multiverse, they try, they tend to do a lot with okay. their characters and make because there's so many different incarnations of them. You know, you've got Batman who's Bruce Wayne, you've got Batman who's Dick Grayson. You know, you've got you know. Will there ever be a fun Batman movie though? Not fun as in goofy like '66, but like like um, more of the 
like the the King Crusader, so. like no. just. <laughs> I don't think they'll ever go back to that. That fun. I'm not, I'm, I'm not talking like I don't want him wisecracking, but it's like there, there's keepers, there's adventures, you know, to be had, and it's like. I just, you know, I don't see it. I see. Do you see well, any DC property doing that? Though? I don't. I don't either. I mean, we, you know, we've yeah. talked about this and, and touched on it a little bit before, and we can get into it like in detail another time. But yeah. DC just doesn't seem to want to have fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they want they want a very serious, you know, type. But they'll movie. ask all these interesting what ifs, right? So, and and we're going to get to some fun here in a second. I promise. But like there's like there was a book written a few years ago. Uh, actually, it's been longer than that. Called Gotham by Gaslight, and I was telling Joe about it. Where it's uh, uh, before the show, it was uh, Batman set in like the the time of Jack the Ripper, and he was actually hunting down yeah. Jack the Ripper. Really cool. And then there's like um, Red Sun, which was like what if Superman landed in, yeah. in Russia? And he I've was, always like, wanted to read Red Sun. Yeah, and I, they're, those people go crazy about it. So it's like they're really good at like telling these really interesting stories about their characters and how they interact with the world, but. I just, it's good, and I, I want to read more of it. But it, it just it frustrates me that, like, you have someone like Green Lantern that is capable of having fun, and then they hinted at it, and the movie didn't do well. So it's like done, never doing that again. Right. You know. So. And we, I'm sorry, we didn't get to touch on Gotham either, but you know. I, well, have you watched Gotham? I watched the first half of the first season. <laughs> oh, it's like it was, I you're about to be like, I watched half of the first episode. I no, I watched say. half of the first season. I think I got up to the part where Jim. Gordon got sent to Arkham and I was kind of like, you know what? I've given this as much as I could. I'm like, they're never going to give me Batman. So I'm not going to, that's why I watch green Batman, which is called arrow and red Batman, which is daredevil on Netflix. Those are the two I watch. Yeah. If you watch green Batman and red Batman, you'll get your, your good Batman fix. So just, and watch them together during the holiday season. They'll go together. So, um, if you have any Batman thoughts, um, which would be a Batman thought, like, I'll protect this city. Like, is that a Batman thought? I don't yeah. know. Like, like, if Hell's Kitchen is is in danger. So, if you have any Batman thoughts, you can certainly. Yeah, um, <laughs> there's actually a panel in one of the Daredevils where somebody in a school bus sees Daredevil. They're like, "Look, it's Red Batman." <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, I thought. See, I thought I was original saying no, Red Batman. No, oh, somebody anyway. beat you to it years oh, ago. Yep. Um, so, if you have any Batman thoughts, certainly hit us up on Twitter. It's Invading Podcast. Uh, our Gmail is uh, Invading Podcast at Gmail. We have a Facebook page. Love comments. Would love uh, yeah, to go on and interact with us. It'd be a lot of fun. Um, if, you, if you're a big DC person, I know we have a couple out there that really were happy to hear us talk about some DC, you know, as opposed to just so, the Yeah, Marvels. if you have a good Batman story, tell us. Let us know. Yeah, have you Share met him? If you've met Batman, let if us know. If you've met Batman, like outside uh, Man's Chinese Theater or in Las Vegas or... Maybe it was in a jail cell after he got in a fight with Bugs Bunny. Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, so I got a quiz for Joe here uh, to, to wrap things up here. It's, uh, it's some, Batman, some Batman knowledge. Um, okay. Let's see here. So <clears throat> we'll start off with one, with the easy one here. In the most recent Batman trilogy, what villain appeared in all three movies? Bat, uh, the re- most recent Batman yeah. trilogy? And begins Dark Knight. Oh, Dark Knight Scarecrow. Rising. Yeah, you're right. So, um, and I got some clips to go along with all this. So here, here's Scarecrow for a second. Don't let me find you out here again. We're trying to help you. I don't need help. Not my diagnosis. What gives you the right? What's the difference between you and me? <laughs> I'm not wearing hockey pants. Yeah, that was like just. <laughs> That's like my favorite so line. Putting. It's funny, but yeah. it's just like it's just like it. It's so random for Christian Bale to be like, I'm going to make a joke right now. Even though in the, if you remember Batman Begins, like uh, he fights somebody and someone's like, 
you know, who are you? He's like, I'm Batman. And he beats up the guy and he looks over and sees somebody watching him. And he's like, nice jacket. And he just flies away. It's like, there's like one joke in a Batman in um, really? each Batman movie. Yeah. Maybe it's I really take it as, as funny as I should have. Oh yeah. Um, so that was the first one. Uh, second question here. Uh, what Cardinal rule did Michael Keaton's Batman break in the 89 movie? And I'll give you some options here. A using guns. B not moving his neck. C uh, not giving Harvey Dent a Colt 45. And D, letting Prince do the soundtrack. So what cardinal rule did Michael Keaton's Batman break in the 89 movie? Uh, well, probably moving his neck. He couldn't move his neck. Well, I know whole, he couldn't move yeah. his neck. I, it's using guns, because he actually used a lot of guns in that movie, if you think about it. He shot, he shot a guy. He, uh, Who? Yeah, he, he shot people. He actually had guns, and he actually had guns on the Batwing, and he was trying to shoot oh, the Joker, yeah, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought like, you meant handguns. I'm pretty sure he used a handgun in the movie. No, point. yeah, the okay. Batwing totally just... Yeah. And, and missiles and everything. Yeah. So uh, very, uh, and I'm pretty sure he killed some people a couple of times too, let them fall to their deaths and stuff. Yeah. He threw that guy off of the tower and the, he hit his head on the bell. Yeah. Yeah. That guy didn't land down there and go to sleep. <laughs> he didn't. Yeah. He was he just, just like, oh. <laughs> Did something happen? I don't know. <laughs> um, so now I'm going to play for you the most serious breakfast commercial ever. And this is from the 89 Batman. The adventure continues. Now with Batman, the cereal. What? I, I have eaten Batman the cereal. Was it serious like this? I was. I turned the lights off. Didn't let, didn't let the moonlight hit the bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Man, like, I love advertising. Like, I get so mad when I see commercials. Like, you ever I, eat cereal with the devil in the pale moonlight? I wish. Did you ever? Have you ever seen that that cheese commercial? That panda cheese commercial? No. I have to show you some of okay. those. But I just want to go into like advertising pitches like that panda and just like destroy things because I get so angry when I watch commercials now. <laughs> but that's just, that's the most serious breakfast cereal commercial. It's just like it's, now well, it's it Batman. Is. The, cereal. the adventure continues. You're eating <laughs> breakfast cereal. There's no adventure. You might cut the roof of your mouth because Batman the cereal is no, Captain Crunch. That's Captain Crunch. That's all it is, right? So, okay. Uh, number three. What famous musician played the, the musical villain Shandell on 1966's uh, Batman TV series? So, side note, when this person was on here playing the villain Shandell, it was the highest rated Batman episode of, like, second season. Like, so it was, like, the highest rated episode of their whole entire run. I'll give you some choices. Frank Sinatra, Elvis Presley, <laughs> okay. Liberace, or Ringo Starr? Was it Ringo? Is that your answer? Yeah. It was Liberace. Oh, geez. So now I have a bit well, from the episode because he, Sean, Shandell was this guy who played the piano and he had like this whole, I didn't catch the whole plot, but there's a point where Batman and Robin are on this conveyor and they're about to go through this machine that does um, hole punches for like, uh, like sheet music, like for like those automated pianos, not automated, you don't talk about it, like yeah. what you see in saloons. And they're like trying, like, so basically um, there's this piano playing this music that Liberace's playing and it's causing all this chaos and they have to figure out how to get out of this. And this this clip by itself, the way it ends, is amazing. So here we go. Some Batman 66. Robin, with every ounce of breath that's left in you, sing along with me. Sing what? Don't ask questions, Robin. Sing each note precisely as I do. When I sing, you sing. Ready, Robin? Sing. I didn't doctor that. 
You voted but, for him, Quahog. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they somehow tricked this machine because they're singing louder than the piano music that it doesn't punch the holes to match the music of the piano. But Batman's like, well, I, I picked the right note so it would actually hit all the spaces outside our body. So basically he was saying that he sang to this machine to make it punch out like that, which I'm surprised they didn't show like sheet music in the shape of Batman and Robin on this conveyor oh, belt. Oh God, that would be funny. Yeah. But I just like, it's like sing with me, Robin. And there's, and, and Robin's not matching him whatsoever. Like it was, yeah. So anyway, that's funny. Yeah. Liberace is a Batman villain. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So number four, uh, what was uh, the supposed uh, title of the Batman movie to follow Batman and Robin, but didn't get made? So there was another uh, sequel that was going to get made. It was announced, oh. and then Batman and Robin destroyed it. Do you give me? Do you give me? A oh yeah, oh yeah. I got some answers for this. I was just yeah, saying because it, yeah. it, it'll probably hit me when you yeah. say it. Uh, Batman Dark Victory, Batman Triumphant, Batman Joker's Revenge, or Batman Nipples Forever. Triumphant. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And that was supposedly is going to have the Scarecrow. I think it was that someone said Jeff Goldblum was like in talks to be the Scarecrow, which he would have been great as a Scarecrow, actually. It would have just been Jeff Goldblum with the mask. And then there was also talks of having Nicholson come back in flashbacks, like in the hallucin- like hallucinations and all this. But yeah, it didn't happen. Warner Brothers were so excited for Batman and Robin during the dailies that they signed Schumacher on. Then the movie came out and they're like, no, this isn't going to happen. What happened? So bonus question. Um, what company is uh, are they making fun of in this this clip? Like they're referencing one million dollars, two million. You don't have it. Three million. I'll borrow it from you. Four million. Oh, American Express. Five million. That's a utility belt, not a money belt. Six million. Seven million. <laughs> Never leave the cave without it. So great, isn't it? Where he pulls out the bat card yeah. with the expiration date of forever. Like yeah. Anyway. I like how George Clooney says that if anybody walks up in the street and says they paid money to see that, he'll give them money off his own wallet. Basically be like, I'm sorry that you paid money to see this movie. That's the story anyway. Like, oh, I, wow. yeah. Anyway. So number five, uh, in 1973, the original Batman, Robin and Batgirl reunited for a PSA about what? So the, the, after the show, they hadn't done anything, but they came together for a PSA. Was it about neighborhood watches, equal pay for women, the dangers of marijuana, or bats, so many bats. Equal pay? Guess we're going to find out. Untie us before it's too late. It's already too late. I've worked for you a long time and I'm paid less than Robin. Holy discontent. Same job, same employer means equal pay for men and women. It's an odd thing to come back together for. I also like that Batgirls is basically as this, this bomb's ticking off. It's like, I don't know if I want to do this. The, I couldn't. Adam I, West sounded really defeated in that spot too. If you listen, he's just like, "Oh, I didn't oh. hear Adam West." That was he was there at the beginning. Like, it's untie us before it's too late. It's already too late. That didn't sound like Adam. He's West. Just, it's Adam West. He's just like, oh, I guess I'm Batman still. Oh. That was him. That was him and Burt Ward. It's already, and it's too late. Like, I don't know. I like <laughs> my problem with that is is like Batgirl. None of them get any money for what they do. But it's the whole no. But it's like I know the whole, what the concept yeah, is. You know, it's just how I All think. Right. So last one. Nobody's paying Robin to hang out with Batman. How many ice puns did Arnold Schwarzenegger oh do in God. Batman and Robin? Was it twelve, fifty-two, twenty-seven, or twenty-seven? That's right. Here's a little bit of that. The Iceman cometh. 
I'm afraid that my condition has left me cold to your pleas of mercy. Here comes. In this universe, there's only one absolute. Everything freezes. You are not sending me to the cooler. What killed the dinosaurs? The The Ice Age! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. You know what, though? Dead dude can deliver some one-liners. If they would have just like just backed it down a little bit, like as opposed to like kick some ice, like that doesn't even make sense. But like the whole freaking thing about what killed the dinosaurs—that's such a stupid line, but it's awesome. Yeah, and you know, and watching those clips as I was putting it together, when he's outside the armor and he's just like all blue wearing, like, and he's smoking still smoking jacket, a cigar. It's like that makeup is actually really good. Yeah. Um. But yeah, bat nipples and uh, clueless chick was in it and you know, whatever. Oh you yeah, know. I forgot Alicia Silverstone. Yeah, a lot of people forget. I think that's one of the only movies that um, riff tracks like they they like they're like we don't want to do this. And then everybody kept voting for it, and they're like, "Fine." And so, like the entire time, <laughs> like during the riff tracks, you're like, "Why do we have to do this?" And like they're just like griping the entire time. It's really funny. That's funny. So anyway, that was um, our celebration of all things bat related. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I hit us up on Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, Gmail. Um, we tried to we crammed as much as we could into like what time we had. There's just so much Batman stuff. Oh, there's a lot of Batman stuff. And I'm, if there's things that we missed out on, which I'm sure there's plenty of, let us know. Um, and we'll revisit Batman. We'll we'll get back to DC. I'm sure the the sooner we get to the closer we get to Donna Justice and Suicide Squad, there'll be more. Sure, so, people. You didn't talk about Jim Lee drawing Batman enough. Yeah, he did draw a mean Batman. Oh well, yeah. I mean, there's the, well, there was the whole All Star Batman. Th- eh, never mind. The, the, oh, All Star yeah. Batman and Robin was solid. Yeah. So anyway, um, see more Batman. Yeah. Um, Next week, I have a feeling that like uh, we're going to talk about some Saturday Night Live stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. SNL comes back tomorrow night. So we will... Oh, wait. No, not tomorrow night. Uh, Saturday night. So yeah. It's Thursday. All things TV up. are coming out right now. Yeah. Like I feel like I'm so... And then get ready, because right. as we break into October, it's going to get spooky. Yeah. We're going to have some scary things going on. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I, didn't, I don't know. I just... <laughs> They're like, God, these guys are idiots. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. We're going to talk about scary things like ghosts, goblins, college loans, you know, like scary, scary things. Some of those you can't kill, by the way. I just, you don't know that. that One of of them is going to follow me to the grave in the afterlife. I'm not going to tell you which one, though. So anyway, that's enough uh, from us this week. Uh, Had a lot of fun. Anything, any last words of wisdom? Nope. And now here's Lego Batman singing. Dark, brooding, important, groundbreaking. Check out the lyrics. Darkness. No parents. Continue darkness. More darkness. Get it? The opposite of light. Black hole. Curtains drawn. In the basement. That's just the first verse. Darkness. No parents. Super rich. Kinda makes it better. Robin, with every ounce of breath that 
what's left in you. Sing along with me. Sing what? Don't ask questions, Robin. Sing each note precisely as I do. When I sing, you sing. Ready, Robin? Sing.